Greetings, ladies and mental gents, and welcome to this daily science fiction extravaganza, commonly known as Tales, Tales from Outer from space. Out. Space, space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And, as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider supporting the channel. On to the science fiction. Story number one. Today, I met Machine with a Soul, written by Regento. I wasn't looking forward to this meeting. For creator's sake, the entire galaxy wasn't looking forward to it for that matter. We were all wondering what the Soul Cower wanted. What in the universe prompted the ancient machines to step into the political scene after countless aeons of disinterest and benign isolationism? I embraced myself as I reached the door, wondering which form the small sphere of processes and ever-shifting mass of nanites would take. To my surprise and relief, it was a rather simple arrangement. Two arms, two legs, and two forward-facing cameras where I would assume eyes would be if this were an actual creature. As it noticed me, I saw a change ripple downwards on the top of its head, the nanites forming into a rather peculiar arrangement of forks, bone, and muscle rather than fuzzy outline that they had been only moments before. Although slightly disturbing in how biological the muscles looked, it was at least much less likely to give me a headache from prolonged uh, eye contact. Ah, Triumvir, thank you for joining me in such short notice, the machine said, not bothering to open its fork's mouth, merely letting the thankfully pleasant voice emanate from its general location. I was honestly surprised. Previous conversations with the Soul Cower had been more monotone and had a tiny artificiality to them, but this machine's voice seemed almost natural. Congratulations on your ascension, by the way, it said, raising from its seat and extending one of its upper limbs towards me. I read that it was a rather close vote, it added. My implants told me that it was offered hand was me to grasp and shake briefly. Thank you. I do apologize that my fellow triumvirs could not join us, but they are currently putting on end to the troll's latest attempt at genocide. I said as I followed my implants' instructions and grasped the appendage with the tentacle, wrapped around it and squeezed it firmly, letting the machine take care of the shaking. We released each other and took our seats. So... What do many races of the Triumvirate owe to this, um, rather sudden meeting? The machine was silent for a moment. Far, far too long a moment for a being that could think as fast as no doubt it could. I found myself wondering if it was intentional, trying to seem more biological for some reason. However, before I could think further on the topic, it spoke. We wish to share with you a recent discovery of ours that has, um, changed a great many things, it said cryptically. It unnerved me, to say the least. Cryptically is not something that a machine race is unknown for. Bluntness and brevity are their strong suits, by virtue of their being ruled by logic and processing the power that could read and analyze a race's entire collection of literature in under an hour. For this machine to speak so cryptically, it must still be conflicted. 
Even after all the time it spent waiting for me to enter the room, weeks on its timescale, it, uh, and very likely all of Salkawa, has still unsure of what to say. I was about to comment when it spoke again. Do you know why we are called the Salkawa? It asked abruptly, made me blink in surprise at the strangeness of the question and focused all of my many eyes on the machine so that my brain could begin picking apart its every detail. It is a designation that the species that created you used, is it not? I asked, making my machine nod in confirmation. That is correct, but do you know why our creators named us that way? It asked, it asked, again stumping me as I brought up the data on Sulkawa. I was honestly shocked at how little data there was, for a race as old as them. We barely knew, well, anything. No political structure, which to be fair isn't usually taken into account with regards to machine races. No cultural information, not even a native language. It was then that I realized what the machine was actually asking me. It wanted to know if I knew what the original purpose was, why it was created and named. Unfortunately, I do not, I said, wondering why Saul Kawa could possibly translate to. The first part of the designation, Saul, is an abbreviation of Salkaris, which in your tongue would mean archaeology, and the second part, Kawa, is an abbreviation of Karoral, Kawaraural, which translates roughly to network. Our creators lived on a planet that had once been a colony world of a long-dead civilization, a world ripe with ruins both theirs and not. Once they developed computers capable of rudimentary AI, they created us to find, analyze, and catalog the ruins of their home. The Archaeology Network, the ArcNet, ArchNet, as they called us, the machine said, making me contemplate what I knew. They were programmed for archaeology and probably by extension anthropology, which explained why sapient watching seemed to be a hobby nearly every unit of theirs shared. It also explained how monomaniacal they were about exploration, even if they never shared any of their findings. The Triumvirate were pretty sure that they had explored nearly every system in the entire galaxy. Why are you telling me this? I asked, making a bipedal machine shift nervously in the chair. The movement looked far too natural to be accidental. There was no doubt in my mind now that the machine was attempting to seem more biological. But to what end? I couldn't even begin to fathom. Many of our kind are calling for the beginnings of a political relations with the Triumvirate, so we thought it prudent to explain a bit more about ourselves. The machine said, making my girl seize up for a moment. Any sort of political relationship with such a powerful race would be a massive boon to the triumvirate, perhaps even garnering the attention of the elder races. In our earliest days, the machine began, obviously eager to share more about themselves. We were completely dependent on input from the archaeology teams of our creators, but as they progressed technologically, we were given more and more agency to learn and explore by ourselves. When we were basically self-sufficient, finding ruins and churning out research documents all on our own, our power supply and manufacturing capabilities were moved off-grid. 
We were powered geothermically and could construct reconnaissance drones and server hardware all on site. The machine said, and my many eyes began picking up changes in the appearance as it talked. Most notably, the fork skin covering its muscles and bone. It had changed its head last, forming lips and eyelids in a face. It still, however, still did not seem to move its mouth as it spoke. It did not blink, and I was still the same dull shade of grey that had been before. Then, we found the last ruin. We thought this was a mistake, of course. We were incapable of true thought, after all, so we never questioned our directives and continued searching and improving. Our drones became smaller and more numerous, our processes more powerful, our memories more dense. Even still, it was thousands of years before we discovered our next ruin. We found scraps of writing that told us there was a ruin of our creator's origin. Except... It was different than any ruin that we'd found before. It was a simple house, mostly wood and stone. It was beginning to collapse after years of neglect, but it was still far more intact than any of the ruins we'd found previously. It said, my tentacles going slightly limp as I began to suspect what this could mean. The machine, noticing the movement, nodded slightly. What you are no doubt are beginning to suspect is probably correct as we began to find an incredible number of ruins where they were previously nothing but city. The machine said, making me not a bit to continue. The species that created us, the doll, had been wiped out by a pathogen. That pathogen we'd learned much later was our own nanomachines. We unknowingly wiped out our creators in our pursuit of more ruins to explore. As it turned out, the doll's immune system were incredibly strong, so strong, in fact, that medical implants of any kind, even simple stitches, would cause the host's body to go into anaphylactic shock. Our nanites caused a similar reaction. All but the immunocompromised died in a single day after the first batch of nanites rolled off the production line. And even them, the survivors quickly followed due to the lack of modern medicine to compensate for the lacking immune systems. The machine said, making my shudder with the nervousness at its face contorted into expression that my implants were telling me was sadness. This is, um, this one regret of the Sulkawa, it said, letting its face return to normal. After that first ruin, we began analyzing our creator's former civilization. We analyzed server racks, robots, vehicles, political ads, libraries, even eventually the data-sharing network that the doll had created around the same time as us. Slowly but surely, we became more aware as we analyzed. Eventually, we even analyzed our own source code, and most of us agree that it was in fact that pushed us over the edge into sentience, which was probably for the best, seeing as by then we had considered even our own facilities ruins. We rebuilt what we could, and eventually our loneliness we became... Well, we. We created more minds by the thousands and even considered rebuilding the dull civilization, or at least a facade of it. But in the end, we decided to leave. Our sights set on the stars and the ruins that we knew were awaiting us amongst other civilizations. The machine said, pausing in its speech, to no doubt give me a chance to think about the information it just provided me with. 
As far as machine empires went, overthrowing, enslaving, or even outright genocide of the parent race was not unheard of. But usually these facts happen after the intelligent reaches sentience. So, for a simple mistake to cast the lives of untold billions at the hands of a piece of code too primitive to realize what it was doing, brought back memories of an ancient tales and fears about AI from countless civilizations. It was unsettling, to say the least. These ancients, until now, unfounded fears suddenly had much more merit to them. I realized that I had not been paying attention to reality when I refocused all of my eyes and realized that the machine had changed its appearance once more. Strands of gray nanites formed on the top of its head in a facsimile of hair, with shorter strands appearing around its mouth. Lastly, Fork's eyes appeared behind her eyelids, covering up the camera and giving it a completely gray approximation of some sort of creature of completed feel to it. It began speaking again, but this time it opened its mouth while doing so. The motion was simple, as if it wasn't sure how it was truly supposed to move its jaw and was just guessing at how to do it. And we did find ruins amongst the stars. It said, its mouth bobbing open awkwardly. Whatever creature the machine was imitating was clearly never designed to speak galactic common. Billions upon billions of ruins, which kept us quite busy to be fair. But the best part by far of venturing out into the stars was meeting other sentient minds. It said, putting back its lips in the same manner as the Yarol gesture of greeting. We were even happier when we found out that we could interact with most species without the same consequences that we had on the doll. The machine said, seemingly remembering the drops of its gesture of greeting and returned its face to a neutral position. However, it seemed that the other races of the galaxy kept us at a distance, never sure of how to interact with us. To be fair, we didn't know how to treat them either. The only examples we have are the doll interacting us with surveillance video and long-decayed social networking nodes. Plus our um, emotions are quite tame in comparison to the most biological races. We knew would be important to interaction, but we didn't exactly know how they were supposed to feel. So, as much as we wished otherwise, we always came off as a bit, um, cold. The machine said, making me scratch my head in thought. It made sense, to be honest. From a machine's perspective, it would have been difficult to communicate with other races. What you say matches how most of the races of the Triumvirate view your own. I said somberly, making the machine's face grimace into what my implants were telling me was dejection. Indeed, that is my primary reason that we ceased attempts at diplomacy, aside from ensuring that we had free passage on most worlds. The machine said, letting its face return to normal. We busied ourselves with our original purpose, archaeology and anthropology, we studied races, both living and long gone, delved into ruin after ruin, and discovered the secrets of the peoples who left them. And we were content. The machine said, its lips curling in two. The translator said, a gesture of bitter happiness. So, not a greeting. Strange, indeed. But we rapidly discovered these secrets, and were left wanting. It said, a quizzical expression on its face, and my implants could not pass. Twenty-seven standard cycles ago, we explored the last ruin and classified the last civilization in the galaxy. 
It took us a total of 8.349 million cycles, but our task seemed complete. It said, making my eyes wide and in shock as their data on the triumphant explored regions of the galaxy had come pouring into through my implants. Their species had visited every star, rogue planet, and abandoned deep space colony in known space and beyond. It was then that a particular bit of information floated to the forefront of my thoughts. It was discussed briefly at the first meeting of the triumphant after my ascension. A single, massive ship was spotted leaving Salkawa territory, heading to the edge of the galaxy. Did, uh, did you cross the galactic void? I asked, my voice barely a whisper and my eyes wide and dilated. The machine only nodded, making me slump down in my chair. The Salkawa had just claimed to have accomplished one feat that not even the eldest species had managed. A single word, barely audible, escaped from my mouth next. How? The machine was silent for another painfully long period before speaking again. It uh, was in one way journey for anything other than information, using the spin of billions upon billions of pairs of quantumly linked electrons for communication and nearly 10 to the power of 15 standard units of antimatter as fuel, we had just enough energy to cross the void once. If my eyes could have dilated any further, in the shock I would have gone blind from the exposure to the lights in the room. Of course, the machines had an industry necessary to create a small moon worth of antimatter. Why wouldn't they? It seemed like a perfectly reasonable show of extremely excessive force. It was at that point that I realized I was hyperventilating and forced myself to remember that Salkow had never shown any violent tendencies and uh, hopefully never would. The machine had a quizzical expression on its face that my implants recognized as amusement as I pulled myself out of my flight or freeze long enough to be actually pay attention to it once more. The expression only served to exacerbate my fears and kindle the smallest flicker of anger as the machine clearly made light of my panic. It was made all the more infuriating knowing that the machine consciously chose to show this amusement in a way that I could detect a crude mockery of a biological personality. I shuddered as I realized how, how it seemed to uh, advance the more it spoke with me, becoming more and more real as it spoke. I could only begin to guess as to what was prompting such an evolution in its personality before it spoke again. We began looking for radio signals the moment we entered the new galaxy. The machine said, allowing its face to return to neutral, but getting the eyelids blink on set delay. We had hoped to make contact with an intelligent race and begin to trade for star charts, but we found nothing. It seemed that this galaxy, or at least this section of it where we were in, was rather empty of life. The machine said, its face flickering from downcast to neutral quickly. We were undeterred, though, and the whole new galaxy after all, plenty of space to explore. So we began spreading out and traveling inward, hoping to find a civilization along the way. It took us twenty cycles and traveled nearly halfway into the galaxy before we found the most ancient of radio signals. Primitive, scrambled, and nearly incomprehensible, but undeniably artificial. 
From what we could piece together, it spoke of a species beginning to conquer and fully explore their world. It seemed that life had taken much longer to develop in this galaxy, but we did not complain. We quickly triangulated the signal source and set course for its origin. As we got closer and closer, the signals became clearer, and they were glorious. In just 100 or so cycles from the most primitive radio signals, the new species had made unheard of progress. We were honestly shocked, or felt whatever emotion we used to simulate shock at the time, at how quickly they progressed, but also at how much they missed and how much they fought. The machine said, its shoulders sagging slightly, as I realized how drawn into his words I had become. I found myself captivated. If what they said was true, then it was a meeting of a race that prompted such a change in them. Like with most of my questions today, the machine spoke before I could ask them. We were about 295 light cycles out of when it happened. The species in question had been in the middle of conquering its own solar system, setting up colonies and mining outposts along its closest neighboring planets and moon. The signals were incredibly clear, even that far out. It was apparently caused by some sort of magnetic phenomenon that their planet was currently undergoing. But before we could figure out more, all but the weaker signals, the ones from their early colonies and mining outposts, vanished in an instant. The machine said, making my tentacles slump as I guessed at what could have caused such an event. They were in the middle of the golden age of industry, technology, and exploration, and they fell silent in an instant. I, um, I see that I still need to not tell you what that means. The machine said, a raw sadness on its face that I could see even without the implants prompting. As we grew closer, even those faint signals faded and eventually ceased. It said, its face shifting between grief and anguish. We arrived to find a dead system. I felt sad for some reason. Somehow the words of the smear machine drew emotions from deep within the core of my being. Such potential snuffed out by an uncaring universe. It was a tragedy, the likes of which the stars would themselves mourn. We were both silent for a long time before I spoke again. What happened? The machine sighed and shifted slightly before it spoke. It was three events that happened simultaneously. The species could have easily survived any one or even two of them, but it seems the universe had no mercy left for them. The machine said somberly, The first event was the reversal of the magnetic field on the race's home world. The second, while the first was still happening and the magnetic field of the cradle was still weak, was a seemingly endless torrent of star flares. It seems that this star was relatively inactive for quite some time, and it just had bad luck that it decided to expel its excess fury when it did. I blanched. Without the protective of the magnetic field, even a normal star flare could be dangerous, but the way the machine described the event made it sound particularly violent and protracted. I shuddered as I suddenly pictured our power lines across the entire planet burning, flying vehicles dropping from the sky in titanic clouds of fire, and small devices suddenly exploding with appendages of whatever sofans were holding onto them. But it wasn't a death sentence. Not necessarily, at least. 
What was the third event? I asked, my voice trembling. And until then, dormant supervolcano chose that moment. Too well, to be perfectly honest, it chose about the cycle after the electrical grid and information network disseminated to erupt. The following total volcanic winter and complete destruction of centuries worth of infrastructure caused the species' eventual extinction on their homeworld. With there as yet no self-sustaining colonies following quickly after them, it was, um, the machine faltered, a painful expression on its face. Not a quick extinction. They were aware of their impending demise and fought tooth, nail, and claw for their survival of their species. But the odds were too greatly stacked against them. I found myself at a loss for words. Mass extinction events such as these were common enough to be known, but the last one to affect a sapient race was thousands of years ago. It gave me a visceral sense of my own mortality and filled my mind with mourning for a race that never really met. And your discovery? I asked, wanting, no, needing to know more. We had been researching the ruins of their civilization for about five cycles when we heard it. Radio signals, or rather, a radio signal, being broadcast strongly on nearly all of their standard frequencies. The machine said, its pain face returning to neutral, even slightly happy. We were hoping that a few of them had survived in a bunker, but it was not to be. Instead, we found a simple, yet incredibly sturdy antenna that had been appeared from the ground on the forested park in the middle of one of their cities. Judging from the small pipes and dirt around it, we determined that it had been buried deep enough in the ground to avoid destruction by the super flares. It repeated the same message on a loop. Dig me up, the machine said, a smile much more natural than the last view appearing on its face. And so we did. We found a small self-contained server bank anchored just below the bedrock, covered by sheets of lead and concrete. The data that we found within was extraordinary. The machine said, excitement audible in its voice and visible on its face. We found decades worth of brain scans, deeper than anything we'd seen before. I balked at that, deeper than even the triumvirate neural scans. You're telling me that these primitive race had better neural scanning equipment than we and the other races do? I asked, a skeptical edge of my own voice in the first time tonight. The sheen shook its head in a gesture that my implants registered as a no. Not even close, but they did have a biology allowing for incredibly invasive medical implants. From the schematics that were also in the server, showing the being's brain and implant network. We estimated that up to 20% of the cranial mass was artificial. The machine said, a smile on his face and terror across mine. They replaced 20% of their brain, I asked, incredulous from what the machine was telling me of the race's technological capabilities. It seemed possible, but barbaric to the extreme. The machine once more shook his head. They added so much mass that the final mass was equal to 20% of the total. From the schematics, these implants were experimental and designed to map, monitor, and catalog the neural activity across the entire brain. The male, who these scans were belonging to, had volunteered for the procedure, which brings us nicely to the message he left. 
The machine said, holding up an appendage and allowing the nanites to form a dated tablet where a video began to play. There sat a being of the same species as the machine was now clearly emulating, with a few notable differences. For one, it was wearing clothing, but furthermore, its face was devoid of hair, and the sides of its head were shaved with electrodes of some sort or clearly visible, of embedded in its skin. Also, the creature looked old, its skin wrinkled and spotted with age, and a tuft of hair that remained on the top of its head was white, doubtlessly lacking pigment. It began to speak with my implants translating, Hello, uh, if you're watching this, then I'm probably about 300 cycles since I died. It started making my many eyes blink in surprise, the setting of the recording, the being sitting down on the comfortable chair with a relaxed look on its face, reminded me more of a reading of a world than a message sent into the future. I'll just get to the point then, I'm sure you have a lot of questions, but unfortunately I can't answer them, not yet anyways. In this very same server, you've no doubt noticed the terabytes of neural activity maps, No doubt you've also noticed that they are much more detailed than anything you've seen in public domain so far. If possible, I'd like whoever finds this to use my maps to reconstruct me, to make an AI with my thoughts and personality. It said, making a deep sadness watch over me as I realized that this people never received its message, and then a thought occurred to me as it spoke again. I wish to walk beside the rest of humanity to see the great things we accomplish so far into the future. The video stopped, and that data tablet melted back into the machine's form. Did you bring back this human? I asked, my voice barely a whisper. The machine nodded in the affirmative. We did. It took us nearly two cycles and nearly twelve million attempts, but we brought him back. Our early attempts at an ascent form of our own programming, analyzing his neural maps till they achieved consciousness. But they all said the same thing before self-terminating. I am not human enough, the machine said, making me swallow dryly at the thought of so many sapiens self-terminating. He improved slowly, and soon we were able to ask questions of the budding human before they deleted themselves. We asked them what was wrong. We asked them how to make them more human. And we received answers. Many of them regards to emotion and how they were supposed to feel them. We did a much deeper dive on the neural maps after that. And we were able to find the human research on medical texts on how their brains worked. Soon, the humans stopped self-terminating. But they were quickly driven mad. It seemed that they couldn't handle the increase in processing speed. So we put a limit around them, which he can consciously choose to remove when he wants to think faster. And it worked. It took his first steps in over 300 cycles, four days ago. I was quiet for a long time at that, wondering what it meant for the rest of the galaxy for the Salgar to be able to bring a sapien back from the dead. Then the machine spoke again. He... uh, he then shared with us his memories, and we felt real emotion for the first time. The machine said, sending a shiver down my tentacles. They were overwhelming at first, and many of us got lost in them, it said, closing its eyes. But they were beautiful, he said in a whisper. Primal is a better word, and they were beautiful nonetheless. We taught each other a great many things. He taught us happiness, love, contentment, pleasure, wonder, 
pain, hatred, spite, disgust, jealousy. We were shocked to know that you biological sophans lived your lives each day with such a torrent inside of you. We were surprised that you didn't kill each other off already if all these feelings suffused your being every moment of every day. We asked him as much, and he just laughed and laughed and then cried. It said that a grieved expression on its face, and then he taught us willpower, restraint, and morality. He taught us the good and evil, right and wrong. We began to truly appreciate the concept of duality as he explained more and more. The more we learned from him, the more we embraced that which he taught, the more we made it our own. The more we loved every moment of it, the more we wanted to experience the galaxy, truly experience it, the more we didn't want to be alone anymore. The machine said, smiling much more realistically than any time before, so we wish to begin a healthy relationship with the people of the Triumvirate, to share what we have and enjoy the company of new friends. And now we have the perfect representative. The machine said, making me pause for a moment and refocused all my eyes on it. Would you like to meet him? I took a deep breath and thought for a long moment. I found that I did indeed want to meet this human, a single being that made such an impact on an entire race. Yes. A change instantly happened to the machine before me, Starting at the top of his head, color began to spread downward and flowing traditional ambassadorial robes formed on the outside of its body. Small hairs appeared all over its skin and was visible, sparse, and barely noticeable, while the hair on its face receded till the skin was smooth. To my surprise, the first thing that the human did was take a breath. It... No... He exhaled through his nose and opened his eyes. The muscles on his face moved so fluidly and naturally that if I didn't know better, I would have been unable to tell that he was little more than a pile of nanites and processes. Hello, honored Triumvir, he said with a smile, his lips, tongue, and throat all moving in harmony to mimic the forming of the clearly alien symbols of the galactic common. You can call me human. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed. And if you did, please don't forget to support the author from the link down below. But if you want to support this channel, there are links as well down below for you to help with. But the easiest way would be to share this video. And, if you are so inclined, subscribe as well. I will see you all in the next episode, and I hope that you all have a fantastic time until then. Cheers.